Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Welcome to the Technical Foul Podcast for Wednesday, May 24th, 2017. I am your host, Manny Fresh, coming at y'all live from somewhere in the U.S. I got my uh, co-host here, Mr. Anthony Lucas, a.k.a. The Man, a.k.a. Blade Brown. What's good? What's going on, people? Like you just said, man, Luke, back at it again, man. Uh, one half of the sport I mean. Hello, man. Uh, y'all for another week, man. What's going on? What up, man? Chill, man. Chill. Word, word, word. Yeah, yeah. We're going to go a little shorter this week than normal, man. Uh, last week, we gave y'all three hours. Three hours. Three hours. I didn't even realize it was that long until... Uh, 180 minutes, man. Exactly, man. So you, got your, you guys got your feel of us. I would say, definitely. I mean, our usual number is like two hours, and then we gave y'all an extra hour. So y'all got bonus content for free. You know what I'm saying? So y'all good. But yeah, we're going to go shorter. I mean, it's, this week is kind of light on news anyway. Nothing really major going on besides things we already expected. So I guess we can uh, start with that, right? I mean, the Warriors advanced into the finals for the third straight year. No surprise there. Uh, defeating the San Antonio Spurs, a Kawhi Leonardless San Antonio Spurs, as we all expected, obviously. Well, I, I, well, let me correct that. Let me correct that. Not that we all expected, because my I, I know a certain somebody that said before the series started that uh, the Spurs were going to win in seven. So I can't say everybody expected this outcome. Most people, ninety nine point nine percent of the nation. Well, I can't even say that. Unless you live, I think fans in San Antonio probably expected this outcome. But let's let's just say ninety percent of the population uh, knew Golden State was going to win. But uh, well, let's get, get this straight before before you jump into that then, because uh, I've been in the, uh, before the season started to take out Golden State, and they were up twenty three before the uh, the two closed by the shoes. Don't act like Golden State just winning the San Antonio and beat the best San Antonio they could have. 
play. Now, it gave me the odds that Kawada wasn't going to play this series. Tony Parker wasn't going to play. And I was like, all right, cool. But come on, man. Like, I understand what you're saying. I I, I understand what you're saying. Look. You just got to be hog hog on a 8-year-old, 30, 40-year-old hog And a 39. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, man. I, I get what you're saying. The series definitely turned when, when Kawhi went out. I understand what you're saying, but I, I, honestly, I told you before the series, like I didn't think San Antonio had a chance. I really didn't. I, I didn't think San Antonio really could challenge um, Golden State. Now, I thought, the, I thought the series would be much more competitive, obviously, than what it turned out being, you know, because I thought Kawhi Leonard was great, obviously. The Spurs are well well coached. That's goes without even saying, obviously. So I thought the series would be more competitive. Like I thought it would be one of those five game competitive series where, you know, the Spurs could have easily won a couple of those games, but you know, the Warriors were just too much. But you flat out said seven games for San Antonio. Yeah, man, seven. I had one seven, man. I had San Antonio winning the series. Seven in seven. Um of course I didn't foresee the like you just sit there and foresee the the uh, coronary injury happening. So I mean, nobody can see that coming. And then um, after that, I mean, you don't play Kawhi Leonard the rest of the series. Of course, Tony Parker was out for the series. Lamarcus Aldridge was still looking for him from the back of a milk carton last. Uh, you know where the fuck he went? Um, his reputation is is has taken a hit. I would say. Uh, he's always been that way though. Even when he was in Portland, like I didn't see the the great fascination with Lamarcus Aldridge. I saw him when he played with Portland in the playoffs, and I clearly knew Daniel Lillard was a better player than he was. Like, shit, Brandon Roy was the better player too when they was when they was a combination. Yes, I mean uh, he's just not a go-to guy. He's the number one guy on the team. He's a, he's a great number. He's a good number two. I wouldn't think of him a great number. Two. He's a good number two. So even a, a third, a third wheel. I would say he's a third wheel more than he's a number two, in my opinion. Well, I wouldn't say that because I seen him with Damian Lillard and how they carried that Portland team. So I would say he's a good two because they overachieved them with the Portland team. But then some people can say they really underachieved because they had a lot of talent in the Portland team. With I think they, they I think they underachieved me personally. Wesley. Yeah, with Wesley Matthews and Chris Boone and Batum and and and, and yeah, I, I thought I I I'll be honest with you, I thought they underachieved. I thought they underachieved a lot of those years, man. I, I thought they. I thought, I thought they should have. I don't think a championship team, but I thought they should have been a lot better and gotten a lot farther than they went. Now they did get to a conference semi and you know all that, so I, I can't rip them too much. But yeah, I, I, I thought that team kind of underachieved. Um, now you, I, you obviously you you obviously can't blame that all on on Lamarcus Aldridge. I, I would say, but that team was not as good as it should have been. Obviously, but. Yeah, man. I mean, I think his reputation is taking a hit because I, I think in this series where where the Spurs needed it for the money that you're paying Lamarcus Aldridge, I mean, the Spurs needed him to step up and have a you know, look. Nobody's gonna ask Lamarcus Aldridge to play like Karl Malone, but damn, I mean, you could be a lot better than what the fuck he showed in this series, and he was just nowhere to be found in this series. Nowhere, nowhere. Besides that first game when he was when he played okay, or he had a decent game in the first game. I mean, he was non-existent the rest of the series. 
Yeah, before Kawhi, yeah, before Kawhi went out, yeah, before Kawhi went out, I mean, he was just he was playing well. He was asserting himself because the pressure wasn't on him. As soon as Kawhi went out and the pressure was all on Marcus Aldridge to be the guy, it just went downhill from there. With that being fair, I mean, I had, you know, I had the Spurs winning, but at the same token, uh, uh, you know, like I, I seen a, I read a report that was saying that uh, nine of the last ten playoff games that the, the Golden State Warriors have played, they they played a team who's either lost their superstar or their star player. They <laughs> 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 call this shit, yo, B. I ain't calling this shit luck, but man. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's some luck. I mean, obviously, it's some luck. I mean, what are the fucking chances of that? What are the chances of that, though? Nine out of ten, bro. Nine out of ten. But, I mean, it's it's been a lot of, it's just been a lot of, like, bad luck, too, though. Like, I mean, what are the fucking chances? Isn't I mean, you can't script this shit, though. What you're saying is, though, you can't script this shit, though. You really can't script, like, yo, yo, the Grizzlies and the Warriors play, yo, we're going to fucking finagle this shit so this nigga uh, Mark Gasol and Mike Conley get hurt or some shit. Or, yo... Houston and, and uh, Golden State, yo. I'm about to fucking put something in Harden's drink. Some, I mean, you can't finagle this shit. Like, it's just been a lot. It's just happenstance mostly. But it's crazy though. I mean, when you think about it, it's cra- now that you mentioned it, I think about it. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Damn, that's crazy. That's crazy. Besides what? Besides the. No, I was just gonna say. Besides what? The finals last year. They played a team that's been hampered with injuries. Yeah. Well, no, the Oklahoma City team uh, last year too didn't have had all their guys. Oklahoma City and Cleveland, but I think Cleveland was kind of. Well, I think somebody in Oklahoma City got it, but they were the last nine out of ten teams. But anyway, the way I, I see it is, um, you know, uh, like this was a. I think they don't get. I think the Warriors don't get as much blast back as they deserve. Like. They won their first championship, but if you really looked at it, you know how when they won, well, the, the, mm-hmm. the Cavs won last year, mm-hmm. and everybody was like, well, if Draymond Green would have played Gitsy, then Golden would have won. Well, you don't know, because he played Game 7, and they still lost, so you say that. But you can arguably say, well, shit, if Kyrie Irving or Kevin Love played in the finals two years ago, you don't know where the, you don't know where the words would be coming out. LeBron <laughs> almost beat the Cavs by himself. Like, this nigga, he's not out there with yeah, I mean, I think you could definitely say that. Absolutely, absolutely, you could say that. <laughs> I think you could. Cl- I mean, if 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 you're gonna be fair and analyzing this shit, like you could definitely say, like I, you know, my you know my my reasoning. I, I feel like yeah. if if if, yeah. if if we're gonna give the Cavs credit last year for winning, and they they deserve the credit because they came back from three one. You have to throw in there Draymond Green being suspended in Game Five. Like that was a factor. Now whether it was a big factor or a small factor, that that that's that's arguing semantics for me. But at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge that that was a factor. Now to be fair, you have to acknowledge it the other way too. Cleveland was without yeah. two of their best players, so would the outcome of that series would have been different had Kyrie and Kevin Love played? You damn right, it probably would have been different. I don't know if I don't know if Cleveland still wins. Or I don't know if Cleveland still uh, if I don't know if Cleveland wins or lo- or still loses, and I don't know if Golden State lo- uh, wins or loses. I mean, you you can't really say that. I I still think Golden State would have probably won that series. I mean, they won in what six? They would have won it in probably seven, maybe, maybe. 
But I mean, it, it's 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 nah. debatable. You can at least make the argument it's debatable. Nah. So nah, you just I, gonna say no? I go vice versa. I think, I, yeah, I think uh, when you lose, I mean, you lose two pieces like that, and then you ask some people to, like, you lose a primary ball handler, a primary bounding scorer, and a primary ball handler and scorer uh, with Kyrie Irving and the primary scorer and rebounding Kevin Love first two years ago. Uh, so you you run into the whole, you lost basically 40, 40, 40 plus points out of those two two players, forty plus points, fifteen plus rebounds, seven plus assists, ten assists. We're going to give them ten assists out of two. So you so all that on offense, and you remember game one, Kyrie Irving was already playing with a bad, and they won game one. So yeah, you went there, yeah, you know, with the half. Kyrie Irving and, the, and the, uh, LeBron James, and you won game one. And then, like, so we take last year in effect, well, Draymond didn't miss the whole series. He missed one game. That's why most people thought of, like, oh, Draymond was out. Like, yo, he missed one game. No, granted, that one game. He could have made an effect. He, they could have won the series in that one game, so it was game six. He got suspended for it. But he still had a chance to come back and play. He didn't miss the whole series. Yeah, so no, I understand. Definitely. I understand. They what they lost they lost two games before with Draymond Green. And then they lost the game seven with Draymond Green. So he t- he only missed one game. We were talking about players who missed the entire series. Who missed the entire five to six game. You know, so when you I, I would say, I would say he missed two games. And you know why I would say he would miss two games? And we've had this discussion before. It's not because that game six he was compromised. Because this motherfucker didn't want to do nothing to get suspended. You knew that. This dude. What? 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 what that's not. That's not. That's not. Somebody. But he wouldn't. But he wouldn't. But he didn't play as aggressive as he normally would. Like you agree. Like part of Draymond. Draymond's greatness is his physicality. His his physical play. Call it dirty. Call it whatever you want to say. That's part of his game. So obviously, when he feels compromised, and again, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. Like yes, he brought that on himself. I get that. But I'm just saying he was compromised. Like he knew anything that looked questionable. You can't say that though, you because he still played. Like that's that's like okay, last game. I don't know if an excuse about uh, the, the the LeBron game three when they were saying he may have had the flu. There's a bug going around. He may have had the flu. Nobody wants to hear that shit. If you're out there playing, play. Yeah, like no, it's the, it's 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 like the old Jimmy Connors line. If you're injured, don't play, and if you play, you're not injured. I get that. I absolutely understand that. I under I absolutely understand that. That that's that's fair. I don't, don't want to hear the. I don't want to hear the fact that he's compromised, and, and he was. In- I think it was. I think it was. I think it was different. I think it's different than being injured or being under the weather. I think in this situation, obviously, yes, he played. He was on the court, but I don't think he was as effective as he normally would have been because of that. That that hanging over his head. Possibly being suspended. Game six on the road. You know Cleveland was going to try to instigate something to try to get him to lose his cool. Now you could say that's that's Draymond being a fucking idiot. I get all that. I understand that. But you, I think it's I think it played a role. Now did it play a significant role as much as him not being in game five? I don't think so. Obviously, but I do think that game six he was compromised. I don't think Cleveland. I don't think Golden State was winning game six anyway. So. I'll agree with you. That point is a little less conclusive or a little less doable for me. I get that, but you can't make it. But you have to make an argument that Game Five had they had Draymond. I can't say they would have definitely won, 
But I think they, I think it would have worked. I think it would have damn sure would have helped. They got up three one anyway. So you can't tell me that it wouldn't have helped. But the, but the argument is that they lost. They lost three games with Draymond. I mean, uh, with Draymond, regardless. <laughs> well, they lost two games with Draymond. They lost two games with. Well, no, no, no. Yeah, you're right. They lost three because they what? They 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 lost game three. They won game four. They lost game. Yeah, you're right. I mean, you have to. He only got suspended one game. They had to win the four games. So they lost three games with him on the court. What I'm saying is, like, the, the argument counter to that, like, when people say, oh, well, the year before, like, Kevin Love didn't play the whole series. Kyrie Irving played in game one, and they lost in six. Now, seeing. So, now, I, 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 I will give you Kyrie. I won't give you Kevin Love. Because Kevin Love had a terrible series last year. The statics of the game. Like, most people are like, oh, he didn't score well. So, I'm talking about rebounding. I'm talking about uh, 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 having to just to spread the court and guard a shooter. Like, he, he does so much schematically with the system that's in Cleveland. Like, he don't have to score 40 points to be impactful. Most people just look at a, a game like, oh, you didn't score 30, so you didn't play well. Well, no, that's not true. You know, like, that's like if, if Cleveland lost Tristan Thompson at this moment. He ain't gonna give you thirty points, but you're gonna miss an offensive rebound. You're gonna miss how you have to box out on the glass. Yeah, and you're gonna miss tenacity. I, I get what you're saying, but but remember that series last year. He, but then remember that that series last year. He had a terrible series. Like let's not act like he had a terrible. Remember they remember they were benching him at that point in that series. Remember? They were benching him in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, like he did not have a great series. Now he had a good game seven. He gave him something in game six, and he gave him something in game seven. When they needed him. Now you made the case that that I was just gonna say that you can make the case that he redeemed himself and he and he increased his value because he showed he showed up in the times they needed him the most. I get that, but let's not act like Kevin Love was a factor that entire series. I mean, he was he was a fucking he, he was a liability in that series. Well, this is what I'm saying though. Like this is this is the point I'm making. So when LeBron's on the court, you put three shooters in a rebound, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whether Love scores two or whether Kevin Love scores 40, he's still pacing the court. That means LeBron has more angles to, to attack you, more room to play the game. Offensively, he can he can do so much more with Kevin Love on the floor. Because you have to guard Kevin Love. Whether he's having a terrible series or he's having a uh, uh, a highlight series like he's having already in Boston. You still have to account for Kevin Love, whether you want to or not. Whether he's having a good game, or not, you still have to account for shoot the ball. So to say he, oh, he didn't show up. No, it's all a part of this, the the system and the game. Also, last year they weren't giving Kevin Love the ball in the sweet spots. They were standing him in the corner. Of course, he's going to get cold. Of course, he's going to have a bad shooting series. But he still played a pivotal role because you have to account for Kevin Love. Now, if I say, bro, I walked on the court and I said I had uh, Timothy Osgoff and Tristan Thompson on the court, you'd be like, oh, yeah, you got two self-check niggas on the offense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, I'm going to give you Kyrie. I, I can't give you Kevin Love because he was just, he, I mean, he was fucking a liability in that series last year. Let's be real. He was a liability in that series. Now, he came up, now, he came up big for them in game seven. Came up, I can't. I can't argue that. He came up huge for them in Game 7. But for six games in that series, you ask any Cleveland fan, they wanted to fucking, they wanted to run Kevin Love out of town. But that's the, that's 
because people don't understand basketball. That's that's the whole. Like what I'm saying is his value isn't in how much he can give you. But it wasn't even the scoring. I mean, his defense was a liability. He wasn't rebounding as effectively as he usually did. I mean, he wasn't playing well. That's the thing. He wasn't playing well. Remember, Richard Jefferson was starting that power forward. Remember that. But his defense has always been a liability. But what I'm saying, like, you see, what you're not saying is like, oh, what you're not hearing is schematic. I get that. I get what you're saying. Schematically, he was an, he was a factor. I get that. I I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not, I, I don't, I'm I'm not, you're not going to, I'm not going to, we're not, we're going to agree to disagree on that one, man. I don't think he was the biggest factor as, as now granted, Kyrie, huge factor, huge factor. Kyrie playing and not playing from one series to another was a huge factor. I get that. I'm I'm, I'm gonna definitely give you that. I'm not saying he's. I'm not, I'm saying he's the, I'm not saying he's the impactful player that a Kyrie Irving is or the impactful player that a LeBron James is. But I'm telling you, no Wizards without Kevin Love. That's what I'm saying. Like you can say, oh, I can see it. I, no, you don't win that that series without Kevin Love. I disagree. No, I, I disagree. No, you don't. I mean, you can, but I'm just saying you don't. Like. Systematically wise, you don't. I don't know. I, I, I like, disagree. Okay, Richard Jefferson started. Richard Jefferson started that series, and then who was coming off the bench for Richard Jefferson? That's like saying you won a series without J.R. Smith. You couldn't have. Like everybody, everybody played a role and everybody contributed. I get that. Exactly. I, under, so I understand say, that. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. In the next piece you can win. So I don't. I, I don't. Argument is the impactfulness of Kevin Love, which was minimal. So I can see that. Like I can, I can see the argument on that, but I can't see. Oh, Kevin Love didn't make a difference. Like oh, like no. Like if you watch basketball and if you if you understand the game, if you understand the angles that a player is attacking defense on, or or the spacing of the of the floor that's needed for a person like LeBron James to attack the recovery. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, when you when you when you when you're thinking. I mean, even if even if you even if, even if you don't even look at it from the from the from the from the technical side of things, from the from the actual you know schematic point of view, Kevin Love is definitely going to be a factor in any series he plays. I get that because look at the option. It's Kevin Love or Richard Jefferson at this point in their careers. I mean, you any any person with a with a brain is going to take Kevin Love. I mean, it's it's not even. It's not even a debate. <laughs> First of all, Kevin Love is a power forward, and Richard Jefferson is a small forward masquerading as a power forward. So that alone, that alone is an argument for Kevin Love. I get that. I'm just saying that Kevin Love didn't exactly fulfill his true value to the team because he had a terrible series. He had a terrible series until Game 7. Now, you want to make the argument that they don't win Game 7 without Kevin Love's contributions, which in part... Doesn't win them a series. I guess I could give you that. I don't know. I I still think they would have been in position to do what they did without Kevin Love. That's just my personal opinion. But we can agree to disagree on that because there's no real argument that's right or wrong. I mean, I can make the case that for six games, he was terrible. He was terrible. And they got to that point without him. So, but... I think we got bit off. Let's talk about the Warriors, man. I mean, the Warriors, like I said, no surprise. They advanced to the finals, third straight year, uh, looking to uh, avenge uh, one of the biggest collapses in, in the history of the NBA. Uh, 12-0 and start, the first first team to start 12-0 and in a postseason ever. Uh, it's a little bit of a misleading stat because they play more playoff games now than they did historically in the past. 
Uh, remember, the first round went from five games to seven games, so that's more opportunities for them to, to go undefeated. That being said, uh, how do you feel about that 12-0 record, man? Is it impressive, or is it something that you're just not paying attention to because of the caliber of the opponents? five years has the, the gap between the two conferences has definitely drawn closer in the last few years absolutely I would say in the last five in the last four or five years I think the, the, the gap has closed significantly I still think the west is still better because I, th- I still think the bottom of the east is still worse than the bottom of the west my personal opinion like I still think, like, to me, if you put the Wizards in the Western Conference, the Wizards are a sixth or seventh seed. We've had this, we've had this discussion before, so I'm, I'm not, we're not going to go back and forth on it. Um, I disagree with you on thinking it's somewhat impressive. I don't think it's impressive at all, me personally. I, I, I think it's, I mean, I think it's cute. It's nice. Yeah, they won 12 in a row. But I think they, I, I, don't, I don't find it as impressive. And I, I'm, call me biased. I'm a Laker fan. But that 2001 team, I mean, look at the road that 2001 team had to go through. That 2001 Laker team I'm referring to with Shaq and Kobe. That's, that's, that's unfair, though. Like, it's not that unfair. It's only, what? It's only 15, 16 years ago. How is that unfair? It's not like I'm talking about 30 years ago. I'm about to tell you why it's unfair. How is it unfair? talking about that, that 2001 team that had, at that time, the most dominant, the, the best player in the NBA, Shaq, at that time. So you had the most dominant and best player in the league who, who, who clearly was Shaquille O'Neal. There was... No, Jack was the best player in the league in 2001, 2002. And then you had a, a up and come like Kobe was already a, a star, elevating to become the superstar. We knew what Kobe was already. Like you knew Kobe was top five. So you had two of the best players in the game that's top three, top four at the time. Now, uh, 
it's arguments of if Allen Iverson was better than Kobe Bryant. So at that at that period in time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I get what you're saying. But you had. But I'm not talking about the teams. I'm talking about the. But I'm not talking about the teams. I'm talking about the accomplishment. Like you look at what the Lakers had to do in 2001 as compared to the Warriors, and the Warriors now have two of the top five best players in the league at the same time too now. Yeah, I, I totally. So, that's so I think it's a saying. fair comparison to compare the Lakers of 2001 and Golden State of 2017. Like I think that's a fair comparison. But the problem is, is that we want to go back in time and kind of justify. Like you want to go and say, oh, this person, this team is better than this team because. It had a, a better run or a similar run, and it was a tougher cover. Like you can't blame Golden State for the for the teams that they line up. You can't blame them, but you can still you still have to evaluate them on the era that they're playing. Like I hate the argument that oh well, you can't blame somebody for playing in this era. Well, but this is the only way I can evaluate you. It's like I can, you can, just like I can't blame you for playing in this era. I'm not going to give you bouquets or kudos. I have to acknowledge that you play in a lesser era. Like that has to be acknowledged. But you don't know what happened. Like, my biggest thing is, like, you don't know because the game has changed so much. How, like, what, what's the difference? Or, or you can't say, well, I think the Lakers were better than Golden State and had a better run because they played uh, tougher competition and the Golden State and competition was inferior. But it's a different game. Like, the, the inside game is gone. It's gone. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. It's a different game. And if you want to get into that aspect of it, I agree. I don't agree with it so much with the Lakers because I think it, I think I don't think the game has changed that I mean the game is already starting to change at that at that at that level at that time the game is already starting to transition more to that open free flow guard oriented uh, game it, it it was it still was still that throwback NBA that we all love and enjoy but the game was slowly starting to transition over. But I, I don't think it was that far. Like to me, if you want to tell me it's hard to compare the Bulls of the '90s to the late to the to the to the Warriors now, okay, I'll buy because that's almost that's two decades ago. But the Lakers, that wasn't that long ago. It's not that. But the, the game has changed so much. I get it. I understand. I mean, the game is the game has changed so much from from when the last time the Lakers won a championship from 2010. The game has changed a lot. So it's definitely changed a lot from 2000, 2001, 2002. I get that. I get. I completely agree with you. I'm not even comparing the teams. Like I'm not even going to go through the hassle of comparing the, the the 2001 Lakers versus the 2017 Warriors. I'm, I'm not even going to go through that laborious task. What I will say is you have to sit there and compare both streaks because those are the two big streaks. The Lakers started out 11 and 0 before they lost, and then the and then the uh, Warriors started out 12 and 0. To me, if you look at both streaks, the Lakers had to go through Portland in the first round, a Portland team that yes underachieved was full of fucking knuckleheads. I mean, they were called the Jailblazers for a reason, but still had Rasheed Wallace, Bonzi Wells, Scottie Pippen, Damon Stoudemire. I mean, that was a very fucking good team. A very good team. If that team plays in any and a lot of other eras, that's a really, really good team. A really good team. They had to play that. They swept them. Swept them. Then they played the Kings. The Kings with Chris Weber, Mike Bibby, Peja, Doug Christie. That was the year before they really took off and peaked, that Kings team. But that was still a very good team. I think that Kings team won like 50-something games, fourth seed, like or, or, or um, was a third seed. Like That team was a great, great team. And the Lakers just made easy work of them. And then they ran up against the Spurs. Then they ran up against the Spurs with Duncan in his prime, Robinson, uh, a young Tony Parker. They still had kind of that older crew from, from the first championship. Um, and they swept through them too. Dismantled them. 
So you look at that. You look at that gauntlet that the Lakers had to run through, and then you look at then you look at what the Warriors had to beat. Like the Warriors beat a Spurs team without Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker. They beat the Utah Jazz with Gordon Hayward as their best player, and they just beat who the fuck did they play in the first round? I don't even remember who they played in the first round. Who they played in the first round? Portland. Like, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not putting a lot of stock in twelve and zero. Like that's just, that's just me. I'm not putting a lot of stock in that twelve and zero. Now you can say I'm wrong. I'm biased, but I'm just not doing it. I, I, I agree with what you're saying to the premise that like when you say okay, like, I'm not throwing bouquets in them and it's cute. But I, like I said, it's still an accomplishment. Still oh, it's still an accomplishment. It's still an accomplishment, but I, but I, but I, but I, but I think you have to look. Like I believe in everything in life has context to it. Like yes, the Warriors are a great team in a diminished era of basketball. Like to me, there's a reason why those '80s Celtics, those '80s Lakers, those teams get the praise that they get because they played in an era. Yes, where the the talent pool was more spread out. Yes, there were lesser teams, but still. It was an era that had other dominant great teams. So those teams get, as as a result, those teams get elevated because of what they were able to do. Same thing goes for what the Warriors are doing now. They get a little bit deep. They get a a little bit brought down because of the fact that they play against in an era with lesser teams. Like, you have to apply that context to both arguments. To both arguments. You have to apply a level of context to it. You, I would... I was on the platform with you until you just started saying, well, because somebody played in the 80s or the team. You can't say that about competition. Like, you can't say because the, the, the level of basketball was better in the 80s. And I can argue. It was. It was. You, I, I can argue. I can say, like, if like me, I wouldn't argue, but I can hear the argument. Somebody saying, well, like, if you really looked at it, there were only two teams in the 80s before the Pistons. No, were out. The no, 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 like, no, 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 no. They were great teams in the 80s. They just ran up against they just here's the difference. There were great teams in the 80s that just ran up against two of the great uh, two of the two of the immortals of basketball. Like listen. No, no, no. You can say well well when cuz cuz time cuz time marks the period. Like nobody's going to remember. Like people are going to remember that Kawhi Leonard got hurt at the end of the series. Now let's say if San Antonio next year brings in another piece. They go to offseason, they bring in another piece. Uh, Powell retires. Manu retires. Tony Parker retires. They're bringing in a, young, a, a new, young, healthy piece. Somebody mm-hmm. that's a, a new building block. Whoever's out there. Gordon Haywood, somebody. And, and then they make this mm-hmm. this dynasty in San Antonio. Again, nobody's going to remember this one year when Kawhi was loot, when hurt. They're going to just say, oh, San Antonio was great for this X amount of time period. They were great for five, six years, and this was a great team. They're going to just put them on the mantle. But what I'm you know, saying like, is... So, no, 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 no. What I'm saying is, in the 80s, if you look at the NBA, for one, like, everybody always throws this back to the whole, the 80s and the 90s were the great period in NBA. I also want you to remember, the NBA was dead in the 80s because you had a lot of bums in the NBA in the 80s. You had a lot of motherfuckers who was out there drinking. Like, motherfuckers were like, oh, you put one of these 90s, new teams. That was the 70s, though. That was more the 70s than it was the 80s. That was more the 70s than it was the 80s, though. When Magic and, Magic and Bird came into the league in 79... They saved the league. They saved the league. When they had to reface the NBA in the early 80s, you think they changed the NBA when they were working year in 1980? No. It 
it took it took it took three four five years. I, yeah, by eighty four by eighty four the NBA had changed. When they met in the finals for the first time, that's when the NBA really started to take off. But listen, you you still have to understand. You still got a lot of scrubs out there. You got you still got a lot more. Yeah, there was still there was still there was still the remnants of of that past era, the seventies, the dark ages. You would say of the NBA. I, I get what you're saying. My my whole thing is like, you look at the eighties and the nineties, right? Like. Like look at those teams that like let's look at the teams that didn't win. Like let, let's look at the teams that didn't win. Like you had a Dallas team that was great. That had great players. Lando Blackman, Derek Harper, like great players. That was a 50 win plus that was a 50 plus win team consistently every single year. You had you had Houston with the Twin Towers. Like you had great teams. Then you get in the East, Philly. You know what I'm saying? You had Milwaukee. Like, those were great teams that could have played in any era or in most eras. But they just ran up against two, two like, at no time in, in history, or very few had, had, had there been a time in history. Maybe since Russell and, and Will. Maybe since that time period. You had two immortals, two immortals playing at the same time in basically the You're going to always have this argument with time. You just have to let this era sit in time. So many people want to judge the era before it's over. This is the whole same LeBron. Look, you can't tell you so you so you're really gonna tell me that you can't judge this era right now? No, you can't. You gotta let it complete itself. Like when you look back in history, listen, when you look back at 20 years from now, when some young podcaster or some young sports analyst, they're gonna talk about that man heat team that didn't win. And they're gonna be like, this was the greatest team of all time. You were the great some people arguably the greatest player of all time, LeBron James. Top five, top ten, two guard in Dwayne Wade, uh, uh, future Hall of Famer and Chris Bosh. They're going to talk about that team like we talk about the eighties and the nineties, and we lived in it. We're like, All right. oh, that team was good, but then we're going to remember the teams prior. Like, who are the t- Who are the top five players in the NBA right now? Top five players in the NBA right now: LeBron in your James, opinion. yeah, Steph Curry, Kareem, or Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, and whoever else you want to throw in there. Don't really fuck them out. Don't be, give me a name. Just give me give me a name. For argument purposes, don't give me a, give me a fifth name. Anthony Davis. Okay, so you got LeBron, Curry, uh, Durant, mm-hmm. uh, Leonard, and Davis, right? Okay. Yeah, sure. All right. Or James Harden. Well, no, no. Let's put Russell Westbrook in. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 yeah. Okay. Me, I would throw LeBron, obviously Curry, Durant, Westbrook, and uh, Leonard. Yeah. I would do the same. same I would do the same. same. I would do the same. Now, who are the top five players in the NBA for the 2000s? In that given period. Um, yeah, Shaq. Don't count LeBron. Don't don't count LeBron. Don't count LeBron. Okay. Okay, you had Shaq, Kobe, um, Allen Iverson. Uh, Duncan. Yeah, Duncan. Okay, we count Duncan in that era. So, Duncan and well, how many I got? So you got you said you said Shaq, Kobe, Duncan, uh-huh. Allen Iverson. You need I, one more. And we're gonna throw in there for this guy. Carmelo, uh, two thousand, yeah, Carmelo. Oh, you can't throw Carmelo in there. He was already diminished by then. Why can't you? No, throw in your boy T Mac or Jason Kidd or somebody. Uh, I, I threw my guy there. Oh no, Dirk, Dirk, you forgot Dirk. I think Carmelo was a better player than Dirk Nowitzki. In the 2000s? 
Hey, hey, man. What, what, oh, yeah, what the hell out of here? What about Paul Pierce? What about Kevin Garnett? Okay, okay, we'll go with Dirk Nowitzki. Go ahead. Okay. I, my top five in the 2000s was obviously Kobe, Shaq, Allen Iverson, uh, uh, Duncan, and mm-hmm. me personally, I would go with Kevin Garnett. That was my top five, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Top that's five, right? That's, that's okay. I can see that. Okay. We're not going to go 90s, and 80s, and 70s. Okay, give me, the, give me the top five in the 90s. Uh, Jordan, 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 Jordan. Oh, come on. Bullshit. Okay. It's okay. We're going to go Hakeem Olajuwon, Karl Malone, Michael Jordan. Um, where would I go? I went Hakeem, Karl. I'll put Michael Jordan at two. John Stockton being my point guard. And Don't do it by position. Just the top five players yeah, in the nineties. Well, I'm, I'm just trying. Yeah, I'm just trying to mm-hmm. amass who I thought was the top five at the time. So I would have said I went with John Stockton, Carl Malone, Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, and Scottie Pippen. That would be my top five mm. in the nineties. My top five in the nineties would have been MJ, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, Malone, mm-hmm. Barkley, okay. Ewing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had Jordan. So I had, I had what? I had Jordan, Barkley, Malone, yep. Ewing. Yep. I know I'm biased for picking Ewing, but fuck it. He did get the two finals in the '90s. Ewing and uh, shit. I guess you could go with John Stockton. Then. Yeah, Stockton, Jordan, Barkley, Malone, and uh, Ewing. The top five players in the '90s, right? Okay. So now that we did this list, right? Mm-hmm. You just gave me the top five for the nineties. Besides LeBron, besides LeBron in the two thousands, right? Mm-hmm. Does does Kawhi Leonard compare to anybody on the two thousands list? Does he does does he do what? Is is he comparable to anybody on that two thousands list? Could you make a case yes. that you would take LeBron Kawhi Leonard over Kobe Duncan Iverson? Um, we don't know. His, the, see, the, see, the, 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 that's the argument I get to you. You have to let you have to let him play out. You have to let this play out. That's that's the whole argument. Like we're talking about finished projects because no matter what we look at, we finish. We see these people in the past as finished projects because they're retired. Towards a a, a unfinished project, you don't know. We can't say. What we would do outside of LeBron James, who's not a finished product at this time, who's a guarantee, but he's he's lived long enough, he's played long enough. Because that seven years ago, I couldn't say that about LeBron James towards anybody in any of the previous classes. I wouldn't have said it. I was like, I don't know yet. You have to you have to let time you have to let time reveal itself. Let, okay. let it set in stone before we judge it. Okay. Let, let let it become complete. That's the whole argument. Who is LeBron? Who is LeBron? Who is LeBron competing to? Competing against to get to a final? Isaiah Thomas, Demar Derozan. Let me make my point. Let me make, let me let me make my point. Let me make my point because I had you go through that list of who the top five players. The, the, the argument is the argument is is, is non conclusive. How, how is it non conclusive? LeBron is LeBron to get to a final. Right is going through Demar Derozan, Kyle Lowry, John Wall. And Isaiah Thomas. Jordan to get to a final had to go through Patrick Ewing. Barkley wasn't even Barkley when he was in Philly. Isaiah Thomas and the Pistons. Like these are the teams that he has to play just to get to a final. Just to get Reggie Miller. Like these are the teams that 
Alonzo Mourning, Tim Hardaway. Like, these are the guys that he had to play just to get to a final. LeBron is playing DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. Okay, so you're talking about this year, right? So we're not going to... Because we want to set in time. We want to set... We're talking about this year, yes. You're talking about... Yeah, we're talking about this year. Okay, I, I know what you're going to say. When, when he was in Miami, he played against, you know, Rondo, Allen, and Pierce. And again, I, I get... I'm out. I'm out. You want to make your point. Because you, you're handpicking who Jordan went through in his greatest moments. Like, you can't just handpick what Jordan went through in his greatest moments and just compare it to this year. Because I can argue LeBron had to go through that great Detroit team that killed your Lakers. That great that Detroit team? Dismantled. That was a good Detroit team. That was a great all-time great Detroit team. He dismantled that great team in Detroit. He it was a very good team. It was not a great Detroit team. Hold on. Listen. Listen to me. Listen. You made your point. He dismantled. He dismantled a whole team. Not only did he dismantle them Pistons with Rip Hamilton, Chauncey Billups, Rashad, uh, uh, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Tayshawn Prince. Not only did he dismantle that group, he dismantled Boston with KG, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. He dismantled teams. His greatness was so great that he made people go back to the drawing board. Like, they were like, okay, we got a big three. And then when LeBron emerged, like, I don't need a big three. I'm on my own. Mike, you remember when he dismantled those teams, he didn't have a Scottie Pippen. His Scottie Pippen was Mo Williams. Exactly. So don't handpick. Don't go back and say, Jordan went through this, he went through that. I don't, again, we've had this. No, no. Because, no, 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 let me finish. Most people handpick it when you think, oh, LeBron is just going through the weak East right now. But you're handpicking. You forget Michael Jordan had some easy times, too. Those Detroit teams came when he when he finally beat Detroit, when he finally got over Detroit. This is after the Isaiah Thomas with the ankle injury in Detroit. Yeah. This isn't the 1984 Isaiah Thomas. This is the half-hampered Isaiah Thomas. They won the championship the year before that. What are you talking about? Hold on, let me let me finish. You had a Bill Lambeer who was long in the tooth. You had Rick Mahorn who got who who went to Minnesota. Whatever the hell Rick Mahorn went. He went to Minnesota. Minnesota. I think he went to the, I think he went to the Timberwolves. He went to the Timberwolves. Let me finish. I'm letting you finish. When they the NBA when they diluted the NBA and expanded the NBA, which really broke up that Detroit team. It wasn't Michael Jordan that went through Detroit. It was actually the dilution and expansion of the NBA that allowed people to pick from that Detroit team. So we. You can go here or there with it. Like, and I understand. I understand your argument. There were great teams in in the nineties, but let this era set the stone before we judge it. That's the only argument I have. Like, let it let it rest before we start saying, "Oh, nitpicking at it while it's still going on." You will never understand the greatness of of anything or appreciate it if we just always banter on it every chance we get without letting it be complete. You just can't. I think it's unfair. I don't know, it's, man. I, I I see what you're saying, but I, I just disagree. I think I think we've already been seven years into this to this decade. I think you could I think you could look enough into this era and, and analyze how good is it going to be stack up historically. Like I I just do. Like I think now look. I think I think people tend to. I think that's the thing that everybody does. I think people always romanticize the past. And don't look at the flaw. And I get that. And I understand what you're saying. Like, was the 90s just, oh, my God. There was just, I know some people tend to make the 90s out to be like, there was no bad teams ever in the 90s. I get that. Yeah, there were a lot of shitty teams in the 90s, just like there were in any era. But I feel like from top to bottom, the league was in a healthier place in the 90s than it is now. A, because you didn't have these super teams that, but you know the difference? Because you didn't have these players doing what they do now. 
trying to join up with their buddies, with their AAU friends. Oh, I, I don't want to win a championship by myself. I want to go play with him. Like, you didn't have that in the 90s. I'm not saying you didn't have super teams. I'm not saying you didn't have super teams. You just, you had super, you've always had super teams in the NBA. I'm not saying that. But the, the, but the, but the, the makeup, the dichotomy of the league was different. But, but that's the thing, though. Like, a lot of people say, like, oh, well, because you got these AAU buddies, you want to play with your friends, and it wasn't like this in the 90s. Well, it wasn't no fucking AAU in the 90s, okay? Okay, but, like, but, you, but you know what I'm talking But you know what I'm talking about. Like, Patrick Patrick and Patrick and Mike were, were friends. Arguably, you could make the case. They said it. They were be- one of the bestest friends in the league, Patrick and, and Mike. They wanted to kill each other. When they played against each other, they wanted to kill each other. You don't see that shit now. You don't see that. If, 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 if Michael and Patrick would have played now in this era, they would have been on the same team already by now. You don't see that. You don't see that now when Melo plays uh, LeBron. No, not hell no. Don't use Melo. Melo hasn't wanted to kill anybody in a long time. Shut up, man. Shut up. So he might want to kill Mano. That's the only nigga Melo want to kill nowadays. Mano and Phil Jackson. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. And another thing, your 90s list is bullshit because there's no way in hell Patrick Ewing is a better center than Hakeem Olajuwon in your wildest dreams. Oh, did I not list Hakeem? Did I not list Hakeem? My bad, my bad. I'll throw, I, I throw Hakeem in there. i throw Hakeem in there. No, don't throw him in there. Don't throw him in there. No, 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 my bad. I, I, I'll, accept, I'll accept I fucked up there. I, I was just doing it off the straight up. Okay, it was Jordan, Olajuwon, Malone, Barkley, and I'll, and I'll throw you in there. <laughs> no, you don't get thrown in there. You don't, you don't even belong on that list. Don't what do you mean you don't belong on that list? Whoa, 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 whoa. What you mean Pat don't belong on that list? You don't belong on that list. Man, man you you a fucking hater, man. You a hater for real, dog. Yo, yo, tell that nigga to make his finger roll next time. You know? Wow. Okay. 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 At least he show at least he shows up in game sevens. Where's kids? Brick? I think John Wall just bricked another shot. <laughs> Fuck out of here, man. John Wall, the only time John Wall will ever be in a final, he'll buy a ticket for it. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Don't disrespect Pat, man. Pat got the two finals and should and he should have won one of them, goddamn. You talk about a Keem Olajuwon, he should have won in 94. Nah, no shit. John Starks killed him in that series. Let's be, I love John Starks, but he killed him in that series. Ask Pat you on how that dream takes shape. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So we go. So we go. Act. So we go. Act like John Starks didn't kill him in Game Six and Seven. Hey man, if you're that good, you, you should you should have been able to carry a team. Yeah. All right. That's, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, if, 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 Patrick, if Patrick Ewan had to play with Clyde Drexler, he'd have a championship too. Come on, man. He only. You remember he won before Clyde. Got he won. Yes, he did win before Clyde. Yeah, the first championship he won because of John Starks. And then the second championship he won because of Clyde Drexler. So he won his two championships on other All-Stars. Amazing. You tell, you nah, I'm bullshit. 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 Nah, yeah, you know, you know, I mean, I, I, of course, Akeem is, is that nigga. I mean, he's the truth. What did Shaq say about Patrick Ewan? All them Georgetown boys, they give you that dumbass drop step, fake to the left, come hook, hook over the right shoulder. Get that weak shit out of here. Man. 
I, matter of fact, yo, I saw I saw I saw Winning Time the other day, man. The Thirty for Thirty, man. And 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 I and I, had, and I just I was flipping through the channels and I flipped on uh, Thirty for Thirty the other day, and it was and it had the uh, Winning Time, the Miller, the Reggie Miller against the Knicks, Thirty for Thirty, and it was just, and it was just on that part. It was like literally right on that part where he missed the finger roll, man. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah, a little a little a little tear did come down the eyes, man. A little a little tear did come down the eyes, man. I I, I must say. But yo yo seven footers shouldn't be finger rolling. They should be dunking that hole. That's what they should be. Kind of like John Wall. Oh, I'm just saying. Too soon. Too soon. I'm just saying. Your wound has time to heal. Mine hasn't. Okay. Oh, okay. I can make the case it hasn't. But anyway, um, but I, but I mean, I get. I, look, this is the argument that you make now compared to the past. Yeah. I, I just feel like the league right now is at a. I'm, I guess I'm delivering the state of the NBA address, but the league right now. Is in the worst place, and I've I've seen it in a long time, man. I've been watching basketball since you know early to mid '90s, and I've never seen basketball like this, man. I mean, the playoffs this year have been an absolute disaster. Now you could say ah because the competitive balance is off, and the league has never had really competitive balance in the truest form. There've always been two or three dominant teams in the league that really had a chance of winning. But in the past, it was n- the disparity between those two or three teams that had a chance to winning and every and everybody else has never been as great as it is this year. I mean, it's these playoffs are unwatchable. Like I I, I can never remember a playoffs. Where I can literally like skip games, like I just be like, oh okay, yeah, uh, oh this team's probably gonna win. So yeah, I can I can agree with you on that one. I like this is this is bad, man. Like, con- yeah. like, Listen, and, and, and everybody is saying, well, the finals are gonna be lit. Oh, the finals are gonna be this. The finals are gonna be that. And yes, that's a hell of a lot. That's a that's two months of shit to have to sit through to get to a fucking to two <laughs> weeks of greatness. That's two months of shit that you got to sit through to get the two weeks of greatness, man. That's a that's a hell of a fucking payoff. Well, yeah, I totally I totally agree with you. I don't I can't remember when the like I don't I, I can't recall any time me not wanting to watch a playoff game, and even if if, if it's not like two team like a team I don't follow when the game was on, the game was on, and I think it's more the nostalgia of the NBA, not even just um, the play, of course. Uh, and these, uh, I won't call them lesser opponents, but just you, it just seems like like the top half of the league is so much better than the bottom half of the league. Absolutely, and that's what so, I'm saying. No and that's medium, what I'm saying. There's no, there's no medium ground, but also it has more to do with, I mean, that, but also like the announcers are terrible now. Um, going to the playoff format, being it like not it being on cable TV, and I just you know, and not on NBC, much, yeah, it's, yeah, it just hurts everything, yeah. The nostalgia of basketball has changed because I remember you remember watching it used to be on NBC. You know the games used to come on on NBC and you know you had Marv Albert. Even though Marv Albert still calls games, it's kind of older now. You know, but Marv Albert was the, the voice of the NBA. Yeah, you knew a game was gonna be lit when you heard Marv Albert voice. Yep. And even if it was kind of like a blowout, he kept your attention to watch the game. Yeah, these color analysts, like you said, like I watched the game the other day and Chris Webber was on the TV, and all I could remember was like I laughed at you and I turned the volume all the way down to just watch the basketball game. Like I'm not listening to Chris. I Webber. can't listen to Chris Webber, man. I cannot fucking listen to Chris. I mean, even back. I mean, I remember back in the day when we was kids, like people were complaining about Bill Walton. I mean, Bill. I mean, yo. Chris Webber makes Bill Walton look like fucking uh, an announcing servant by comparison. <laughs> like, I, I, and I always got a kick out of Bill Walton. Like, I never hated him like other people did. I know some people that hated Bill Walton's announcing, but I mean, you look at you look at the analysts back in the day. I think Doug Collins is the best basketball analyst ever, per- personally. 
I think Doug Collins is the best. And you know, most people don't understand he's a color analyst. Yeah, he's kind of he color. Off, yeah, color analyst. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying, but he pulls off the like just an analytical part. Like he's just a regular broadcaster. Exactly. So, well, exactly. You know, exactly. Most and, people think Doug Collins was a basketball player. He yeah, people don't even. Yeah, people don't remember that shit. But like, not yeah, Doug's yeah. Doug's presence, his voice, everything. He just it just. It just makes like Doug Collins and Marv Albert that to that tandem, and then you add Bill Walton to it. Like I always, that was that was always my favorite combination. That three man booth of art of Marv, Doug Collins, and Bill Walton. I totally agree. That was my bet. Like you don't even have that now. Like I I, I like Mike Breen, but he's no Marv Albert, and I love him. I love Breen. I love Breen. He's the voice of the Knicks. I love Breen, but he's no Marv Albert. He's he's great. He's great, but he's no and. and Nobody's Marv Albert. There's not a lot of basketball announcers that are Marv Albert. That's like saying nobody is 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 Ben Scully in baseball. Yeah. Obviously, but still, Breen is great. I love I love Jeff. Obviously, Mark Jackson. I think is a little overrated. What? I think he's, I don't think he's a great. I don't think he's. I don't think he's. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. No, man, Jeff Van Gundy is 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 the best of that of that three man booth. But I, th- I think Mark I Jackson think, gets overrated. I think Jeff Van Gundy is more uh, relatable than Mark Jackson because Van Gundy says what the average person thinks. And Mark Jackson kind of loses his credibility sometimes when he says just off the wall dumbass shit. Well, and, and you know, and you know when I really stop fucking with Mark Jackson, I really stop fucking with Mark Jackson when the whole fucking Donald Sterling shit played out. And when they asked him for his thoughts, he kind of was like, oh, well, nobody knew that Donald Sterling was like that. Nigga, what? Nobody knew. First of all, you played for the Clippers. You played for the Clippers. Opinion. Like, you, you, can, you can have a personal opinion about someone like if, if he didn't know, if he was never treated that dog, way. Dog, 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 don't tell me that. He knew. And most guys in the league knew. That's why that whole Donald Sterling shit pissed me off. Because let's not act like everybody didn't know Donald Sterling was a fucking disaster. For years. You you hear stories nowadays like let's say for instance we 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 both have white Mexican black whatever friends and let's say for instance somebody we're close to commits a hate crime a black person kills a white dude because he hates white people and we didn't see it coming like well I didn't see that motherfucker being like like just going around killing white folks just because like you can't or or discriminate against white folks or he makes a million dollars doesn't or a billion dollars and doesn't want to hold white people like damn that's you know, he joked about little stupid stuff, but I didn't think he was. But dog, but 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 the but Donald Sterling's issues have always been documented. They were open. They were, and the people in the league knew. People within the league knew, though. But you gotta, you gotta also understand at this, like right now, we live in the informative age, the information age, right? So even when all this stuff happened in the nineties and all this stuff in the because like his his uh his uh what's a discriminatory housing thing happened mm-hmm. in the 90s it was like the 80s and the 90s yeah. most people didn't know about Donald the average fan but people around the league knew because the because what people don't know is the the board of governors were trying to get Donald Sterling out of the league for a long time and Sterling is the one that saved his ass because Sterling and Don, and Donald St- Sterling David Stern and and and, Don, and Donald Sterling had a relationship they were cool yeah so that's what saved him. But people in the league knew fucking Donald Sterling was a fuck up. They knew. They knew. You know, every every person knows this though. Like you're assuming. Like, the, the league circles knew. League circles knew. And here's my problem with Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson didn't want to say nothing because he was trying to get he was underhandedly trying to get the Clippers job. If you don't remember, he was a Warriors coach and he was trying to get the Clippers job before they hired Doc Rivers. 
He was trying to get that. So you didn't have a problem with Donald Sterling because he was trying to get a job from him. Once he had a job, that's my issue with Donald with, with, with Mark Jackson. That's when I stopped fucking with Mark Jackson for real. Like I, I still fuck with him. Like he was a Nick, obviously fellow New Yorker. I get that, but I ain't really fuck with him how he handled that whole Donald Sterling shit. But that that's that's in the past. That's like we're not even talking about that right now. But but but. I, I just I agree with you. The announcing as a whole has just gone down substantially. Like Doris Burke is okay, but all these other cats is all right. But yo, I mean, I mean to be honest, I don't fuck with Doris Burke either. Like after she said that shit about pop last year, like I don't fuck with Doris Burke. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, you. Like she said that how she feels like he like, and it's not like pop treats her different because she's a woman. Shit, he he grill his guys when they ask him questions during the game. Also, like you know, like he wouldn't. He wouldn't talk from Craig Sager to after Craig Sager got canceled. You know, like, like he would just go hard at Craig Sager during the middle of the game. Like, yo, don't ask me no question during the middle of the game. Like, what type, what type of stupid shit is this? I'm gonna give you one word answers. Like, I'm in the moment. Like, mess around and cuss or do something to get fine. But, uh, yeah, back to yeah. No, I feel you. I feel you. I mean, everything as a whole to me just is is lesser. The product feels lesser. The game feels lesser. The announcing, the presentation feels lesser. Like, yeah. I mean, that, I don't know. That's just that's just me. I, 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 I you know, I, I, that's the state of the NBA, man. I mean, this shit right now is is just horrible. It's horrible. Again, you've had to put up with two months of just blowouts of shit basketball for hopefully two weeks of a payoff. Now, I will say this. The NBA is hanging their hat on this final. And most people, most smart people think this final is going to be good. It better be. Yeah, it better be. It better be. If Golden State come out here and ramrods Cleveland, or if Cleveland comes out here and ramrods Golden State, the NBA is in trouble. The NBA has a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, like, like I, I totally, like, I, I think it's the, the, the vice versa, like, it's built up so much, right? If if Golden State comes out and ramrods Cleveland, I think the NBA will be okay. I think they'll look at it like we still we can hang our hat that they built this team to destroy LeBron James and the Cavaliers, right? That's what and people like and people like to see Cleveland and people like to see Cleveland and LeBron lose anyway. Yes, yeah, so like he's the biggest I, hero and villain in the story at the same time. Exactly. So, but I think if Cleveland comes out and ramrods Golden State, the NBA is in real trouble. Like if they come out and win four zero or four one, the NBA is in real. I think either. I think. I, th- I honestly, I think either one, they're in trouble. I, I really do. I think. Know, I, th- I think if if, if if Golden State wins, they can go into the whole. Oh, have we seen the 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 last of the great LeBron James, or have, are we seeing like? Because you you still have the argument during the summer that LeBron James isn't on Michael Jordan's level. Or you have the, the argument that LeBron James isn't that great because he couldn't beat Kevin Durant and the Warriors or whatever. You're going to have that argument. But if LeBron does it, then it's like, you know, it's it's sort of like that moment when you're like, well, if you can't beat him with this team, like, how good is the West? Like, if they ramrod Golden State, you're like, yo, there's no good team anywhere at yeah, this point. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. That's what you're going to look at. Like, hmm. Like, absolutely. well, we'll we'll tune back in five years from now when LeBron James is on the decline. Like that's what it's going to turn into, because you're not you're not even going to watch regular season games anymore. You're going to be like, yo, these. Why would you? I, I mean, the regular season to me is devalued as is already, because when you got players openly telling you that the regular season means <laughs> shit, like why would like if, if I'm a if I'm a consumer and I'm trying to take little Jimmy or little Johnny or Nick or whatever, 
to an NBA to an NBA regular season game. Why? I would tell you, yo, stay home. Stay home. I get it. Why? Why? Pay $100, $200, $300 for seats. These cheap, these tickets are not cheap. NBA tickets are not cheap. To pay two, three hundred dollars for for an okay seat, right? Mm-hmm. To watch what? A, a, a game where Damian Lillard might rest? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? A, I, who a, wants to pay for that? A, who a, wants to pay for that? A game with DeMarcus Cousins gonna rest and he's like 23 and they Exactly. And he's playing. Yo, I lo- I literally I, I told you that story a couple weeks ago. I literally yeah. lost my mind in game 25 when DeMarcus Cousins was out on rest. Like game twenty five of an NBA regular seat. Like we're in December and we're resting. Really, really. That's what we're doing. We're resting in December. And then, like you said, it's not like you're resting because you know you're going to make a deep playoff. Exactly. It's the fucking Kings. It's the Kings. Oh man, terrible, terrible, terrible. Summer, bro. What are you doing? Exactly. 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 Horrible. 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 I'm going to say this to Adam Silver, man. He better have himself a hell of a finals. I'm talking about compelling, close, nip and tuck, back and forth, seven game compelling series. Because if he gets a fucking dud, anything less than six games at the very, and six games is even questionable. Anything less than six games? They're going to have to have Le- uh, LeBron James and uh, D- Draymond Green fight in game six. For, this <laughs> for real. For this shit to be compelling. Like, it's, it's got to be in a steel cage and everything. For real, though. Yeah, they're they going to like demo drops. Like, <laughs> 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 Nick Foley going to have to come down in the middle of the ring as mankind and shit. Like, it's going to have to be. For real, man. For real. Undertaker's going to have to unretire. It's going to be It's going to have to be some great shit. <laughs> 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 oh, man. So, uh,. Yeah. So who wins tomorrow night, man? Cleveland or or, or does Boston force a a game six? Are, are we serious? No, I I figured. I, hey, I figured we do the sports caster thing and preview preview the events of of the week, man. Are we, are we... Um, Boston loses um by like fifteen, I believe. Um, I don't need something more. I don't think. Uh, LeBron's gonna have a crazy <laughs> game. Yeah, it's in Boston. He tends to fucking want to destroy Boston in Boston. In Boston, yeah. That, and that's yeah. the thing. Like, that's the caveat. That's the caveat. In Boston, yeah. In Boston. Yeah, like, you forget he live, He lives up to big moments. Like, he goes into, you know, Madison Square Garden and he kills in New York because it's the, the mecca of basketball. Like, you go to TD Garden. Or you, uh, you go to Boston. Right. And the nostalgia of that building. Oh, he lives, so, up, like, he lives, up, he lives up to big moments? Yeah. Uh, ask, ask, yeah like, ask Jason Terry. Yeah. <laughs> but like yeah after he talked all that shit and got dumped on like after he, yo, you know what Jason Terry's gonna you know what Jason Terry was a really really good player right but like kids are gonna remember Jason Terry from getting dumped on and then that I said ask, I said ask Jason Terry because in the 2011 NBA finals LeBron wasn't exactly yeah. living up to moments I, and that's that's what I'm talking about like I understand what you're saying I said we're not going to talk about that part, but ask Jason Terry after he talked all that shit. And then when they played in Boston, when Jason Terry was a part of that Boston team, and he caught and he and that that uh, the alley oop. Oh God! He stood up the top off like he was the Grim Reaper, and he was like, "Yo, bro, like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do this. They're convincing us, bro. You better stop talking." Like, 
Like nobody would beat that six foot eleven one off the wrong foot uh, jump shot at that time. Like man, I don't look, bro. Like, but anyway, yeah. Uh, I think uh, back to the subject. I think they're going to handle beat the pay, uh the, Pacers, the Celtics in TD Garden. I think uh, they figured them out, man. I think the I think the game plan changed in Game Three. To be honest. Uh, Richard Jefferson came out with the caveat that LeBron James may have had a bug because uh, I don't hear that bullshit. Yeah, see, and and that's the thing. Like, I was better with just not saying nothing. Like, whatever you play, I'm the type of person. If you play, you play. If you don't, you don't. But you don't know. Like, just because he didn't say it doesn't mean he didn't have it. And I've never seen him use the excuse that I've I've been sick or I've been hurt. He's all even when he went out with cramps in the in the, the uh, final. He, you know, oh, you mean when he? Oh, you mean when he got shot? And yeah, but you never heard him complain. When the, sni- when the sniper hit him in the back? We see we see all that, and we make judgments about it, and we make comments, but you never heard him say anything about it. Yeah, I feel like what you're saying. you never heard him say anything about it. I feel what you're saying. So I, I feel what you're saying. I wouldn't expect him to say, hey, man, I had the flu, or I had a bug before this game. And if, if you see, like, I always, like, if you see a product from a person, and then something different happens over a long period of time, or a, a short period of time, 10 games, you had a 10-game sample. And one of those games were a bad game. You're like, mm, something must have been wrong. Like, if you you can't say ninety percent of the time I'm this way, and then that one ten percent. Well, then that's the anomaly. It's, it's the James Harden. It's the James Harden effect. I mean, this guy was basically fucking Michael Jordan for six months, and then in the biggest game of his life, the biggest game of his team season, he doesn't show up. James Harden was terrible in that series altogether, though. Well, he was. He was. But you know what I mean. But you know what I mean. Overall, overall, James Harden was was. You can make the case was the leading contender for the MVP and just had a horrific, like horrific fucking six games. The regular season is a is is a is, is is shit nowadays. Playoffs is different basketball. Intensity yeah, is different absolutely. But I'm, but I'm but I'm saying is the comparison as far as because LeBron just had a James Harden like performance in the sense that he just I mean, it, there's just no way to imagine LeBron being so disinterested, so bad, like literally just yeah. bad. You can say, "Hey, maybe he did have a book." If, if the if, if it's true, we don't know. Then you don't. You can't. You can say, "Okay, well." Then man, I don't hear that bullshit, man. That's all I'm saying. That's all. I'm saying. I don't want to hear that yeah, bullshit. If it wasn't re- if it wasn't reported before the game, I don't want to hear this shit after the game. That to be fair, a lot of stuff isn't reported before the game, man. But you but you know how people are. They somebody some reporter. I mean, shit, fat ass fucking covers him all year. Brian Windhorse. You would think Brian Windhorse would have had that fucking scoop. No, man, but Brian Williams didn't also come out and say, like, nobody had the scoop that Darren Williams didn't go to shoot around that game and he had a bug. Nobody reported that. Nobody reported that it was a bug in the collects. Like, you know how bugs go around. One person gets sick. If you're around that motherfucker enough, you're going to get sick. Like, nobody reported that there was a flu type. It wasn't a bug. It wasn't a bug. Every The whole locker room caught syphilis because they was gangbanging Tristan Thompson's girlfriend. Let's be honest. <laughs> That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was, nigga. Most most of these things don't get. Most of these things don't. Uh, most of these things don't go announced until either midway through the game or after the game. You remember the the, uh, the flu game, the Jordan flu game. Nobody knew Jordan had the flu until midway through the game when they seen him throwing up, and they were like, "Oh shit!" And then then you knew Michael Jordan had the flu when you the infamous he hits the jump shot and, and Scottie Pippen has Michael Jordan uh, here's the thing Michael Jordan on the flu 35 points LeBron on the flu no, 8 points what I'm, what I'm saying is you didn't know like yeah no, 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 saying. No, no, saying. you didn't know you didn't know it didn't get, it didn't get then, coverage then also, also I also have to give people flack for 
analysts and all this other shit talking about how uh, LeBron had a bad James. What happened to the great Kyrie Irving if LeBron James had a bad game? Why couldn't he pull them out? And most people aren't most people aren't being honest on that switch when when the game went in shot with when Avery Bradley hit the three. Kyrie Irving was guarding Avery Bradley. And they did a back pick for A.B. Bradley. Kyrie Irving got lost on defense. And A.B. Bradley was wide the fuck open. Oh, Kyrie Irving got lost on defense? That's something that you've never heard anybody say. <laughs> Shout out to Kyrie, though. Shout out to Uncle Drew. What school he go to? What school he go to? Can you really, can you really say he went to school? If anything? Yeah, he went to Duke. Yeah, he went to Duke, bro. He went to Duke, bro. He took classes at Duke, bro. He went there. Well, we don't know if he took classes. No, 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 no. No, they go to they go to they go to they go to Durham to go to school. This ain't North Carolina, man. They ain't they ain't they ain't learning African American studies. Shout out that Rashad McCants, bro. He he obviously didn't go to class because he only went for like a quarter or some shit. Like who knows if he went to school? Anyways, man. So Cleveland, uh, so Cleveland wins tomorrow night, man. Yeah, Cleveland wins. <laughs> hey, did, did, did Kyrie ever get his degree from the University of Duke? It's Duke University. It's, first of all, it's Duke University. And second of all, uh, the man got time, man. He playing in the league right now. He worried about other things, man. He got time. He got time, man. I think I think he's going to get his, uh, his degree from Akron. I think that's what he's going to Yeah, all right, nigga. He's going to get that degree from Duke, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You funny. Uh, I agree with you, though. I think the, I think the Cavs uh, close it out tomorrow. I, I, I will say I think tomorrow will be a close game. I I I I think Boston will show up, have a a, a a statement game for them. I think they'll go out there, they'll they'll try to give their home crowd something to cheer for. Um, I think they will have a close game. I, I think I respect that team. That team showed me a lot, man, because they could have laid down and died in that game three. Yeah, now part now part of it part of it was Cleveland taking their foot off the gas too. That was part that was a large part of it. But that team could have easily died, and they showed they showed heart, and they could have won yesterday too. That team showed hard. That sh- that team showed me a lot. I will say that. And Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach, man. He's a hell of a coach. I mean, that dude is a hell of a coach. So yes, that 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 team, that franchise, that group, that that core group showed me a lot because they could have easily laid down and died like some fucking dogs. Like Toronto and Atlanta seem to die every time fucking LeBron basically LeBron's shadow is seen. They will yeah, and fucking they will and fucking die. Um, and they didn't. They they played. They showed up. They they made adjustments, and they easily could have stole a second game in Cleveland. Easily could have stole that game. So, um, shout out to the Celtics. You know I can't fucking stand the Celtics. Shout out to them. They 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 showed me a lot. They showed me a lot. But I but I agree with you. I do think Cleveland will will especially now that you know they're trying to keep up with Golden State. You know what you do, I can do. You know whatever that that whole game that they seem to be playing. So yeah. uh, I I do think that. Uh, Cleveland will close it out tomorrow, but I do think it was going to be a close game. Uh, the NFL rule changes. NFL overtime has been uh, reduced to 10 minutes. Did you hear about that, man? Yeah, I heard about it, man. Not excited. Not excited? What, uh, what, you, think, what you think about it, though? Like, honestly. I, I, I mean, I think, it's, I think it's okay. I mean, I, I like it in the sense that... Uh, I mean, I, I think of all the sports... I think of all the sports, the NFL has the worst overtime, honestly. Just the way it's set up. I mean, I think it's just it's stupid. I mean, you can make the case that the NFL shouldn't have overtime, period. Which I've always made the case that NFL shouldn't have overtime. Like, because I think it's just a lot on the players. I think it's a lot on the body. Plus, I think it's it's a sport that lends itself to ties, to 
being tied. Like, I, I feel like it shouldn't have an overtime, but if you're going to have an overtime, to me, I think they should do it the college way. Yeah, me also. I think um, the overtime rule is shortening it. They, they try to say it's player safety, but they were like, well, you only, like, you're only taking off like 0.006% of the wear and tear on a player. Yeah. Which is nothing. So, um, I guess they look at it. I guess they look at it in the long. And in, in I guess they look at it in the long haul. I guess they're looking at it from a long term perspective. Yeah, but that, that, that doesn't matter to me. Like I think at this point, like if like the thing about the NFL, like because I think they're saying it's player safety, and we all know it's really not player safety. No, it's, it's not. the market. It's, it's the marketing, marketing brand. Money. Yeah. And what's the worst thing you hate in the NFL game? Is wasting two hours, two and a half hours, three hours, and then there's a fucking tie. Like, that's the great thing about baseball. There's never a tie. We're going to play till this fucking game's over. Like, you're not going to get a tie in baseball. You know, like, that's the that's the, the great thing about basketball. You're not going to get a tie. Like, I'm going to invest my time into this. I want a winner or a loser. I don't want to watch a game and then, i.e., I wake up to watch goddamn the Redskins. And who do we play in London? I can't even remember who played in London last year. <laughs> the, the Bengals. The Bengals, yeah. We played the Bengals. fucking... I woke up... Five o'clock in the fucking morning to watch the fucking Redskins play the Bengals in London. <laughs> and I work fucking nights. Oh man, hey, that's that's fandom, man. That's fandom. For a fucking for a fucking tie, like literally, if I could have and if I could have got away with it, I would have shot Roger Goodell in the head for not changing that rule. Like what the fuck? Like what's wrong with you? Like I, I wasted all my time on it. So. I understand the the. By the way, I'm not gonna kill Roger Goodell just in case you guys want to come knock on my door and shit. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna change like, like if you're uh, gonna change the rules, make it impactful. Don't say, "Oh, we're gonna reduce time." Man, that's a piece of shit. Now the rule change of allowing them to celebrate and trying to bring the funk back into the NFL. I think that's a propped up scheme because they see the ratings are down and they want to bring fans back to the game. So. Uh, why I enjoy watching celebrations and the touchdowns uh, after touchdown celebrations and uh, celebrations from players watching them play the game and have enthusiasm about the game. I just think it's a propped up scheme. And uh, the NFL won't be back until you fire Roger Goodell. So uh, get Roger Goodell out of power. Man. Somebody didn't know what the fuck they doing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think too much of it. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's just... I mean, I, I, I honestly didn't think too much of it. I think it's 10 minutes. I mean, it I makes sense. Why, why make it any longer than that, honestly? I mean, I still think the overtime has issues, has problems, personally. I think it's still a jacked-up fucking system they have in overtime, so I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a real fan of it either way. But, I mean, I will say 10 minutes is, is somewhat better, but it's not what they need to do, so didn't make too much of it. Uh, the one that did stand out for me was... was the NFL relaxing uh, their fucking stranglehold on fucking celebrations, though. Yeah, I just said that. Yeah. Yeah, that that did stand that stand that stood out to me, but that's more marketing. The NFL is not stupid. They know that fans like to see celebrations. They know that fans like to see celebrations, especially their big stars, especially the guys that drive the league. They they know that this is what the fans in part want. So. They finally, begrudgingly, because I know begrudgingly they came to this fucking consensus, but they probably felt like, all right, if fucking Odell Beckham wants to do a fucking ballet dance across the fucking 50-yard line, I guess we could fucking allow it, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, so that was more marketing than anything else. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I thought I thought the real changes were somewhat interesting 
for what they were. So, yeah. yeah. Cortez Kennedy, man, passing away at the age of 48. Uh, still no Peace official. Tate. What's that? Rest in peace, Taylor. Yeah, man. Sad, sad news, man. One of one of the great defensive linemen ever. Really underrated when you think about it. When you when you talk about great defensive players, man. Uh, yeah, just so underrated. I think he was underrated because he, he you know he played for the Seahawks those years when when the Seahawks weren't exactly a uh, a uh, a powerhouse. Let's just yeah. say that. Um, you know, most of these bandwagon motherfuckers wouldn't even know who Cortez Kennedy was. I knew I knew Seahawks fans. It was like, oh, uh, I think John Kennedy's uh, great grandson died. Cortez? No, idiot. Fucking play for the Seahawks, you jackass. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, I think that uh, I think he was very, very underrated historically. Cortez Kennedy took him a while to get to the Hall of Fame. Uh, took him some years. I think it, I think he got in what on his third try. I think his third ballot, or whatever. Yeah. Should have been first ballot, honestly. But uh, I mean, it was just he was just a great defensive lineman. I mean, he was a you know a five time All Pro. I think he was an All Pro, two time first team, three time second team All Pro, uh, eight time Pro Bowler. Um, I mean, statistics don't lie, man. I mean, the dude was just a phenomenal, phenomenal defensive player. Underrated. I think he got, I think he was just lost in the shot. I mean, he played in the nineties, so I mean. I think he was overshadowed by Reggie White to a certain extent. Um, you know, Lawrence Taylor to a certain extent. Uh, you know, he was overshadowed by those guys. You know, I think if he had played in a bigger market, I think I think if he would have played in New York or Washington or or somewhere else like that, I think with Miami, I think Cortez Kennedy would have got more of a, more love and attention than he did get. So, um, you know, shout out to him and his family, man. You know, R.I.P. to well, Cortez yeah, Kennedy. Um, like you just said, man, uh, I think... Like he, like I, I, like you forget, like he was like one of them cornerstone guys who played in that the early uh, Miami when he, because he went to the U. Yeah, he, he went to the U his, during he the. the U. He, was, he was on them them eighties teams that established the U. The yeah, Lakers I think he won. Teams. I think he won back to back national championships too. Yeah, uh, he. Um, I think then he went defensive player of the year also. Like most people don't understand, like Cortez Kennedy was a bad motherfucker. I think it was in ninety two. Yeah, like yeah he won defensive. Seven, I think he did win defensive player of the year. Yeah, huh? I think he did win defensive yeah. player of the year. So you know, uh, everything you just said, man. Uh, I think when people think about tackles, like defensive tackles, like people always bring up Warren Sapp and how great he was. But I mean, you can make the case that Cortez Kennedy was every bit as yeah. good as, as Warren well, Sapp. What I say is, uh, what I always say about Cortez Kennedy, and what I loved about him was like, I think he reinvented the defensive tackle. Like I think at that time. Defense tackle was always seen as a, a clogger. Somebody mm-hmm. who, you know, stopped the ball, stopped people from running up the gut, and, yeah. you know, uh, controlled the offensive line. And Cortez Kennedy was one of those first pass rushing defense Defensive tackles, tackles like, yeah. That could force like, a pass I, rush I can through stop the, the run, yeah. and I'm, I'm big, but I'm also, I can, I can run down the quarterback. So, exactly. Um, exactly. Especially from that position, being that size, getting a pass rush from yeah. the interior is so important, especially. I mean, in any era in the NFL, getting that pass rush from the interior is important. But, I mean, just think about it now. I mean, if Cortez Kennedy played now, I mean, he'd be fucking, he'd be fucking yeah, just slaughtered as being fucking so dominant. What most, what most young people want to, like, if you look at a, a Aaron Donald or a... Yeah, a, a yeah Aaron Sue. Donald, uh, uh, Leonard Williams, uh, you know. Yeah, Duncan Sue and all those guys. Yeah. They've had their game out the Cortez Kennedy. So, um... 
Rest in peace to one of the goats, man. Um, too gone, gone too soon, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, man. He was little man. I just remember he was always charismatic, charismatic, and yeah. like he was always fun. So uh, even when he got interviewed, he was a big jolly dude. He wasn't. Yeah. Really. And on the field, you could tell he was angry, but off the field, he was like a real humble teddy bear type shit. So yeah. rest in peace, yeah. Tez, man. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, there's no been there's, there hasn't been an official. I mean, it's it's been ruled natural causes, but you know, I mean, obviously we'll know more when when the uh, autopsy and shit gets released and whatnot. So I guess we'll know more then. But yeah, man, shout out to his family. Um, you know, rest in peace. Forty eight died way too young, way too young. Um, yeah. Um, let's go back to the NBA for a little bit. I mean, Ginobili retiring or possibly. Retiring. Um, one of, uh, I mean, I'll go first with, with this one. Um, I love Ginobili. Uh, you know, if there's if there ever was a guy that that killed my team on a consistent basis, but you know, I I secretly respected and loved was Ginobili, man. I mean, that, that dude to me, he was the heart and soul of those Spurs team. I know Duncan was the great player. Parker was the was the was the was the. Uh, the wingman, but Ginobili really was the heart and soul, was the X factor for a lot of those uh, Spurs teams. Um, and he just a trim in his prime. Ginobili was just a phenomenal player. For now, I think he's. I think another guy who's underrated is Ginobili. I think because he, you know, he was, you know, he was Argentinian. You know, primarily for most of his career was a six man. Um, I think sometimes I think people forget how great he was at, at his peak. How great he was! Like if Ginobili played on any other team, he, he could average twenty three points a game. But you know he sacrificed a lot of his numbers to play on a team like the Spurs. Obviously, they were winning championships. It's easy to sacrifice when you win the fucking championships, obviously. But um, you know, just an underrated player. I mean, was a gifted passer. Even though a little reckless sometimes with the ball, but overall was just a gifted passer. Could play the point. Could play the two. Could play small forward. Could play three positions. Along the wing, um, along the perimeter, um, great player, very good defensively. One of those guys that if you know he plays on your team, you love. If you play against him, you fucking hate. But um, could could do it all. Could pass. Could shoot. Uh, really had a really had a a, a a a a interesting game. I mean, he really had. Even though he was European, he didn't have a fucking soft ass game. He really did not. I mean, Ginobili could take it to the rack. He could, we would bam on you. Could cross you up. Post you up like Ginobili was the dude, man. He was crafty, but he also had athleticism, sneaky athleticism. I mean, he was just a tremendous player. I, I, one of my favorite players. Um, I love Mano Ginobili. Severely underrated. I always used to make the case that to me, I mean, I know Parker was was great and during his peak, but I always I always would take Ginobili over Parker. Me personally, um, just a phenomenal player. And if it is his last game. Or if his last year in the league, uh, salute to him on a tremendous career. Tremendous, tremendous career. Four-time champion. Um, just phenomenal. Unbelievable. Unbelievable career. Your thoughts on uh, Ginobili, man? Um, what can I say? Um, crafty lefty. Um I'm one of those guys that I think the, the, the exact opposite. Well, I think, for one, I think he had a great career. I think uh, Ginobili, especially being coming from Argentina, coming 
and not being on the radar, I think he he made the best of what he had. So, and he was given an unbelievable opportunity um, to play in a great organization under a great coach and with a great regime, with a great and a great group of players. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I'm the exact opposite. I don't think if he went somewhere else, he would have been as great. I don't think so. I think he would have been exposed to the wear and tear, being the leader and being the focal point of an offense. I think the greatness is shown because he didn't have to be the focal point. And when he came in, he could have just did his thing. Um, but with that being said, you never know because he didn't have to. Um, I also think uh, most people, I think people do overlook him a little bit. I think people overlook how great he was or how good he was in that system. And only thing I can tell you is you don't know the Euro step if you don't know Matt. Like, if Manu Ginobili never makes it to the NBA, you probably never get the Euro step. Yeah. And all those people out there who watch basketball right now, these young kids who are probably going to listen to this or or people who, who love James Harden's Euro step, who loves the Kyrie Irving Euro step, just remember, nobody like nobody did that Euro step before Manu came into the league. Yeah. And when he first came into the league, they called it traveling because we never saw it. And even me as a fan, I'm, is that motherfucker traveling? Yeah. Because you've never seen somebody go off the wrong foot before. Like, in, in like in mid-air change angles that way. Like, we've never seen it. And I was, you know, I grew up around, I'm from D.C. And I'm like, you know, where I come from, everybody hoops. i never seen nobody do the Euro step before I seen fucking Mono's you know when do it. And I'm from the land of niggas with handles. And I was like, yo, this, I've never seen it before. So, uh. Shout out to the man who brought the Euro step to if nothing if nothing else, if nothing else, he brought the Euro step to the league, man. Exactly. That made like I always say you depict people their greatness on how they change the game, right? You always say this person is so great because the game has yet changed. You can look at all the greats in the game. And I'm not comparing them to these greats I'm about to say, but you can say the three the um they allow people to play zone in the NBA because of Shaq. Um they outlawed, they, they called Kerry because of Allen Iverson, because of his crossover. Um, anything, you, I mean, any, like, so when people, the, the back down rule with Charles Barkley and Mark Jackson. Yeah. Manu totally changed the game with the Euro step. So, if this is your last game, I, I just think it's an honor that I was able to watch your career from the beginning to the end. Um, you always made it interesting. He was flashy. What I loved about him is he played the game like the game was supposed to be played. Most, and I don't mean it's like uh, like the traditional way. He played the game like he loved the game. And he took risks. And that's what the game is a game. So he, like the like the, the other game against Houston, you seen a 39-year-old guy out there do the nutmeg, throw the, the ball between somebody else's legs. Yeah, 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 oh, yeah. Stay, stay, like, oh, just go to state. Throw it between David West's legs. <laughs> and go for a layup. This yeah. dude's 39. Playing 39, like man. Yeah, absolutely. He's not playing the game like he's 22. So you have to admire that. Like, he, he tried things people wouldn't try. Like, yeah. he, he done he did things people would not would, would not dare to do. So, and of course you said it, like, you were, you're a Lakers fan, so you know how much you killed the Lakers. <laughs> um, so, um, I just loved him for his enthusiasm. And the one thing that I won't, like, which, like, I... Like, his biggest highlight, even past the Euro step, well, most people won't even talk about, which I remember Jafano Ginobili for. This motherfucker caught a bat, a bat in a live game on, in, in San Antonio. You remember that game? <laughs> that yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yo, like, at that, at that moment, I was like, yo, this dude's iconic, man. Like, 
Who do you know would catch a bat with their bare hand and just walk it off the court like ain't nothing happened? He caught it in his hand and just walked it off the court. Like, yo, this dude's crazy, man. Like, this motherfucker's really crazy. And I remember them giving him an interview after the game. He's like, oh, it was just instinct. And that just proved, like, to me personally, it just proved that majority of the things he did on the court, they weren't planned out. It had no rhythm. It had no, no say and go. He just did things when it happened. He was a reactive type of person. It's all instinctual. And um, great career. Going to miss you. Uh, crafty lefty, man. And he, he was... He, it seemed like his game was so slow, but he got where he wanted whenever he wanted, and you couldn't do shit about it. And it made it so much better that he wasn't even American-born. So he's from overseas. Like, hey, man, I, I learned this game on the fly, and I'm playing against the greatest talent in the world, and I'm doing my thing, and I'm being able to hold my own. And a salute to you, man. Great career. Great career. Salute to him, man. For real. Salute to him. Yeah. Uh, we're going get, to get ready to get up out of here, yo. Uh, like I said, we're going to do a shorter show this week. Did give y'all motherfuckers three hours. So, uh, last week, so. But uh, before we go, got to get your thoughts. I mean, we're going to get the fouls of the, fouls of the week, too. But uh, just got to get your thoughts on this whole fucking disaster, gaggle fuck going on in, in D.C. You think this dude is is, is, is getting impeachment? Now, uh, let, like, you put it on Facebook, like, can we just fast forward to the impeachment? You put that up, like, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I told you, no, nah, I got to ride this out. I enjoy the show, man. You got to sit back and enjoy the show. Put your feet up and enjoy the show, man. Um, we haven't seen this since Richard Nixon. So, um, and and it, it wasn't in our time frame, so we didn't get to see it. No, no, no. Absolutely <laughs> so, not. Absolutely uh, not. Let, I want to say personally, let me enjoy it. Like, don't, don't rush <laughs> it. Like, continue to let him fuck up. Like, continue to let these things happen. Out And, um... This is what I have to say to America, the people in America. When, when people say there's no such thing as white privilege, I show you the president of the United States of America. And I say that's white privilege to its finest. To its finest um, degree. When you can have a person who comes, who, who has no political background, who has no... And I, I get it. You wanted to elect somebody who, was a, who wasn't for the system, who was against the system, who was born outside the system... But then he still should fit some type of criteria. He should, he still, like, we shouldn't just hire our, like, the President of the United States shouldn't be my barkeep, the, the guy who owns the restaurant down the street. Exactly. There's a reason we, we, we have order in this world for a reason, or order in society for a reason. And um, I'm just enjoying the show, to be honest. Uh, well, I think we all secretly are enjoying the show. I mean, it it, it he ad, he adds he adds an entertainment quality to, to Washington that hasn't been there in maybe ever. You know, at least at least in our fucking lifetime, it hasn't been so. Well, since Nixon, they're saying that like they haven't seen things. But even Nixon, Nixon was a was a politician. Nixon was just he knew what the fuck to do. Now he was crooked as shit, but he was but he was but he was at least a politician. He was qualified somewhat. To do his fucking job. Like, this is a fucking dude. This is an idiot. He's a fucking... This, this is a fucking person that's just not qualified to do his job. And he's committing crimes while in office. Like, the man has committed treason. Like, let's let's call it... Let's call it like we see it. The man committed treason. Okay? He colluded with the enemy to win an election. 
listen, let me enjoy this, though. Let me enjoy this, okay? That's all I'm saying. Like, let me enjoy But the crazy part is, the crazy part is, the thing the thing that gets me, though, is, like, his supporters, because I, I still have some of his friends, some of my friends on Facebook are some Donald Trump supporters. And these motherfuckers think there's nothing wrong. So I posted on there. I was like, yo, so since when did uh, treason become an unimpeachable? So treason is not an impeachable offense nowadays now? Has that changed now? Since when? Like, this man committed treason. And his and his entire... And it's not even like it was just one person in his cabinet that is having dealings with Russia. It's an entire cabinet of motherfuckers. Like, how many people in this cabinet have to lose their jobs so this shit gets up the hill? Like, literally, up the hill. Like, I think Pence is dirty. His son-in-law, Kushner, who I can't fucking stand, he's dirty as shit. His daughter, his daughter wife is dirty as shit. We already know his 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 fucking toy girlfriend, his toy wife. Who, you know what? I never, I never liked, I never liked Melania until this week. When she fucking slapped his hand away and was like, nah, nigga, don't touch me. I, I, I instantly became a fan of her. Like she's she's instantly in the top five of first ladies ever in my book now because of that. So, um, some of you guys who listen to this podcast, um, if you were watching, listen to this at work, especially some of our friends who are military, uh, that's, don't turn this, this, this section up. Just turn this section off, man. Just, I know I just bashed the president of the United States and all that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, because if you're an officer, you're listening to this, turn it down because he is, he is your boss, you know, at the end of the day. He is your uh, boss. He, I, I, he is your boss. Hey, you know, I, 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 I treat him respectfully. I treat him respectfully. I label. I, I call him by the president. He's just a fucking idiot. The president is an idiot. It's like it's like when you want to curse. It's like when you curse out your mom in public. It's like when you curse out your mom under your breath, like mm, fuck out of here. Yeah, but what I'm saying. It's like one of those. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm saying let me enjoy the moment. Let me enjoy all this. Like what what I have to say for Trump supporters, and if if you were listening to this and you're a Trump supporters, I just remember the whole campaign ran against Hillary Clinton, and it was more of a she's. She's a she's a liar. She's a crook. She's a thief. Throw her ass in jail for lying. And why are we chanting the same things at him? Yeah, like why are we why are we marching to the White House with pitchforks and knives and shit and and right. torches? Yeah. Remember, you know, they were getting. Uh, remember Flynn, Flynn at the art, Flynn at the uh, at the at the at the art at the uh, at the convention. Lock her up, lock her up. Like really, this one and this thing is the dirtiest motherfucker. All of them. Remember when 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 Trump came out and uh, uh, Hillary assistants played the fifth, and they were like, "Why do you need to play the fifth? You're not exactly, like, you're not exactly. And then. And then you got Flynn talking, so I'm gonna invoke my <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and the, the the one thing Trump said was like if you're gonna if they if they invoke their fifth amendment right, then they that, that means they're that means they're guilty. That means they're guilty. That means they're guilty. And I quote, that's what he said, that means they're guilty. But you know the shit that really gets me though? You know the shit that really gets me? Is that this man basically admitted to firing Comey because of the investigation. Like, this man basically obstructed justice on national TV more than once, but in front of the entire world when he was interviewed by Lester Holtz. Like, he basically said he fired James Comey because of the Russian investigation. Like, the man, like, this is how fucking dumb he is. He's obstructing justice on national TV. And he doesn't even understand that. At the same token, I think he's doing exactly what he... 
most people are laughing at it, and, and like I said, I, I enjoy it. But I'm not laughing at it per se. Like I'm just like it's just it, it's mind boggling. I think he's doing exactly what um, he planned out to do, though. Like I think, like most people think he's super dumb. I think when he when he first got in office, he always said like I just want to change the system. I, I want to change the way people view the government and people in power. And you're seeing, before, like, you kind of was, uh, people were kind of under that umbrella, like, the president is this, the president is that. Like, the president literally can do what the fuck he wants to do. And he's showing you that. Like, I can literally do what I want to do. Like, we seen it with Bush when, like, Bush was like, like, we don't want the war in Iraq. We don't want the war in Afghanistan. We want to decrease troops. And he did the surge deployments. And and he extended people over there for 18 months instead of the year. And, like, all this shit was happening. Um... He's doing the exact same thing. He's like, hey, man, I can do what the fuck I want to do. I can tell you, I can tell you anything, I, I can say anything publicly, and then I can just retract, retract my statement a day later, and you're not going to be able to do shit about it. And exactly what he's doing. So he's pulling the curtain back on the, on the government, and he's pulling the curtain back on politics. And I think that's the enjoyment I get out of this, because at the end of the day, majority of it is a sham, and he's showing you how big of a scam and sham it is. Because people aren't holding their feet to the fire. And if you really want to keep this wagon going, uh, politicians, governors, senators, future presidents, you got to get them out of there. But he's exposing it. And what can you do? <laughs> like you had the speaker say that, you know, came on record. Did you see the uh, the article when they, he, uh, they were talking about, uh, they, had, they, were, they were saying that they knew that, uh, that uh, Trump was was uh, given uh, intel to the Russians. Yeah, yeah. And then Fox News came out and said, uh, "Yeah, so we're going to publish this." And they were like, "No, no, that's a fake. Like you're bullshitting. And all that never happened." And they were like, "Well, they played. They, they sent them the tape that they had." Of yeah, this, with the yeah, yeah. Talking. Yep, yeah. And they were like, oh, that was a joke. You can't go from this never happened. I never said that to a joke. To a yeah, joke. to a joke. I, it's unbelievable. You know, yeah. You just you denounced that it ever happened. And then I sent you the tape of you saying it. Now it was a joke. No, you can't say. That's like me saying I've never said the the, the N word. I've never said nigger. And then you play this tape back with me saying like, Oh no, that was a joke. I never. Yeah. No fuck, I said it. Whether <laughs> <laughs> it was a joke, yeah. I said it. Uh, it's 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 mind boggling, man. It literally is mind boggling. Like uh, alternative facts, as they call it now. Alternative facts, man. Alternative facts, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's crazy, yeah. man. But it's more to come. Oh, we'll, we'll touch on this subject more because I mean, it's this story is developing by the day, and it's going to be interesting when it's going to be interesting when Comey testifies. It's going to be interesting when Mueller finds in the independent investigation. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. So stay tuned is what I would say to my foreign uh, to my for to our foreign listeners. If you're a listener out there and in, in 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 some land far far away. Uh, yeah, stay tuned because this shit is about to get crazy, real soon. But uh, yeah, fouls of the week, man. What's your foul? Uh, all right, I'm gonna go kind of like off broad topic. Uh, we haven't really touched on this today, but uh, foul of the week um, goes to a lot of fucked up things happen in sports. But uh, my foul of the week goes to the Detroit Lions organization. So um, mm. it goes back to. I'm the biggest Barry Sanders fan to ever walk the face of the earth, I believe. I think Barry Sanders was the greatest player to ever played football. I admired the shit out of Barry Sanders. I remember watching him when I was young. I remember I loved everything that he did. 
Um, and I remember when Barry Sanders retired from football and how he was saying he didn't want to leave, but he wanted to win. And Detroit wasn't making the proper moves for him to win. So he retired. And most people think he hung up his cliques way too soon. Arguably the greatest running back to ever play the game. And he wanted to play football. He had the love for it. He just didn't want to play in Detroit anymore. And then we just seen this a year ago, two years ago, with Megatron retired in 2016. And the same things kind of happened. Most people think he hung it up too soon. But by the way, most people believe Barry Sanders would have been the would have broke the record for all time rushing and all that other stuff. I agree. I, I do too. I do too. But uh, Megatron hung it up early, and it was a quarter. Uh, it started to be. He started to give that same answer. He wants to win, and he just doesn't want to put his body through it if he's not. The organization isn't all in. And then the story comes out that Megatron, the person that put Detroit, the Detroit Lions back on the map. Remember the Detroit Lions that wore the goddamn uh, paper paper sacks on their heads and went 0-16? That franchise that Megatron went to and revived the whole city. Basically, they told him to pay back. He had to pay back $300,000 of his signing bonus because he retired early. So this man who gave everything, and most, most people know the detailed history of the injuries that Megatron suffered while he was in Detroit. The concussions, the ankle injuries, the knee injuries. The, the shoulder injuries, and played through majority of all of that bullshit. The foot injuries, played through everything. And for majority of the time, even when Matt, Matthew Stafford got there and he was growing up, was just balling the fuck out. Just throw the ball up, Megatron to go get it. You ask this man for his money back, like you really need that $300,000? Really, Detroit? R- really? Really, Lions organization? R- really? This is what you put one of your prime, your cornerstone athletes, hopefully one day goes up in your ring of honor, as one of the greatest players to ever play in your organization. You ask for money back from that legend? Really? Is this what it comes to? And this is why you're a laughing stock in the NFL. This is why no one wants to go to Detroit. This is why you can't get big-time free agents to, to take you serious when they go into Detroit. Look how you treat people, man. It's the reason why New England is considered such a great organization. Because they don't treat their players like shit once they walk away. Just because they're not playing in an organization anymore. You see how they treat Teddy Bruschi? You see how they treat William McGinnis? You see how they, they treat Rodney Harrison? You see how they, they treat their greats? You have a great player, Megatron, Calvin Johnson. Let's call him by his real name. And for you to do this to him and for him to walk away? And this is why he doesn't want to play because you treat people like shit. So if you treat a person, like if you wanted that money back after he left, imagine how you treated him while he was in the phone. And he put all that wear and tear on his body for your, for your uniform. He doesn't own the Detroit Lions. He, you know, he, he isn't taking the majority of the cut when it comes with those paychecks, when, the, when them tickets are being sold, when those jerseys are being sold, when those hot dogs are being sold, when those drinks and beers and 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 everything, the pretzels are being sold in the stadium. He ain't getting the cut of all that. But he put it on for your brand, for your brand, for that Lions, that Lions emblem to go across his chest. And this is how you treat him. So to the Detroit organization, to the Lions. How did you fuck this up? Blunder. And it's the same thing Barry Sanders said when he walked away that about this organization. So now I, it's true. Like, when one person said it, hmm, it perks your ears. When the second person said it, that's when you start paying attention. So to that whole organization, to the Detroit Lions family, all your fans, your pieces of shit. The organization, your pieces of shit. And I want everyone to know it. You owe him better than that. You owe him more than that. And that's all I got to say, man.
Uh, very well said. Like, I, there's nothing else to really say at that. You can't follow it. I mean, it's just a reason why certain franchises are in a perpetual state of mediocrity. And the Lions are the perfect example of that. There's, there's a reason why winning teams win. And it's not just talent. It's not just players. The culture. I'm a big believer in culture of winning. And, and that's why you have the Lakers. And that's why you have the Cleveland Browns. That's why you have teams like, you know... Like you said, the Patriots or in baseball, the Yankees, Giants. And then you have teams like the Rays or teams like like that that just, that just have a perpetual culture of losing. Mm. So it's very simple. My foul of the week, man, uh, I hate to do this, but uh, it's been something that's been bugging me um, really for the last few months. And I've been, keep, I've been keeping quiet because, I mean, A, it's, I have no energy for it because it's, it's Knicks related and nothing involving the Knicks should should even give me the energy or, or the time of day to even express any kind of thought on it. But my, my, my foul of the week, my foul of the last two months has been Kristaps Porzingis. Um, and uh, my issue with my guy Kristaps Porzingis, as I like to call him, the guy that has reinvigorated my passion for the Knicks. Because a long time ago, I told myself, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm done with this organization. Like, I can't, I can't, I cannot support this organization because it's owned by a buffoon. Literally, like it, he's he's literally, and I mean he makes Donald Trump a great president by comparison. Like he is just a fucking horrible owner. But it's not about Jimmy today. It's about Christoph Porzingis. Now Porzingis, many of you, it's, it's a local story, so or a New York story, so many nationwide probably don't notice. But Porzingis skipped his exit interview at the end of the season. A lot of rumors going around that he was he's not happy. Well, he, not rumors. He came out and said he's not happy with the Knicks being the Knicks and what they've been for the last 15 fucking years. Um, and he's not happy and, you know, blah, 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 blah. Right? And then it's been a lot of rumors. Then there was the, the mystery tweet of, of from Christoph Porzingis' Twitter account tweeting LA Clippers. And then he deleted it, of course. Then he said he was hacked or he was asleep when it happened. And then his agent put out, you know, fucking, you know, DNA evidence that he was asleep or some bullshit like that. And then, um, and then obviously this week, Phil Jackson fires uh, an assistant coach, uh, one of the staff coaches uh, that happens to be close to Porzingis. So there's a little bit of... Uh, of a back and forth between the Knicks and the and Christoph Porzingis. And I'm going to go my foul of the week to Christoph Porzingis because my, my basic premise is, who the hell is Christoph Porzingis? <laughs> like, 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 I love... Now, let's, let's be clear here. I love Christoph Porzingis. I love him. Favorite Nick, obviously. He's reinvigorated my passion for the Knicks. But who the hell is Christoph Porzingis? Christoph Porzingis has been in the league for two years, right? And the Knicks have been an abomination... Both those two years. Now, it hasn't been all his fault, to be fair. But he hasn't exactly done anything to remedy that situation either. Like, Kristaps Porzingis skipping exit interviews? Who the hell is Kristaps Porzingis? Like, can Kristaps Porzingis play 80 games? How about this? Let me, let me, how, how about this, Kristaps? Wherever you are in Latvia or wherever the fuck you're staying at. How about this? How about you go into next season with the goal of playing more than 60 games, right? And making sure that your team is not an unmitigated disaster. How about that? How about Kristaps Porzingis show up next year, play over 65 games, put on some fucking weight, right? And play the majority of his games and help the Knicks win 30 games. Can Kristaps Porzingis win 30 games 
before I have to hear from Christoph Porzingis' displeasure. Like, this guy's been in the league two years, and Christoph Porzingis is unhappy? How about, how about me? I've been unhappy for 15 years with the Knicks. How about that? How about that? So you still got another 13 years to go. Like, this is my problem with this, with this era of basketball player. They want everything right now. Like, and I get, and I'm not saying that he's wrong for being upset. He's right. The Knicks are a fucking disaster. I get it. But I gotta listen to Christophe Porzingis be upset? Christophe Porzingis now. Who's done nothing in the league. Let's be fair. <laughs> Let's be fair. You know, he's he's a good player, has a chance to be a great player, obviously. We know that. Christophe Porzingis is one of the best young players in the league. We get that. But he's literally done nothing in the league. Nothing. And I got to listen to Christophe Porzingis now tell me how unhappy he is. And he hasn't handled the situation well. His agents haven't handled the situation well. Because if Christophe Porzingis really didn't have a problem, if Christophe Porzingis was really not trying to get himself away from the Knicks or whatever, and then come out and say, yo, look, I love the Knicks, blah, blah, blah. I skipped the exit interview. It was more miscommunication, blah, 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 whatever. There's ways of handling this shit. And he hasn't done a good job at it. So my foul of the week is Christophe Porzingis. How about this, Christophe? Come into training camp next year, or this season coming up. I always feel like it's next year, but it's... And in a couple months, come into training camp, 20 pounds heavier of muscle, play 70... I didn't actually play 82 plays. Play 75 games, average 25, and help the Knicks win 30 games. 34 games. Hell, I'm not even asking for 41 and 41 at this point. Make sure the Knicks go 33 and 49, and then come talk to me. Then come talk to me. That's my foul of the week. That's how I feel. Christophe Porzingis. Guy who's done literally nothing in two years. Nothing. Again, it hasn't been all his fault. Mello, Phil, Derek Fisher fucking other players' wives. You know, James Dolan being James Dolan. It's, I mean, it's a litany of things that are wrong with the Knicks. Litany. But, yeah. That's my foul week, man. That's my foul week. And should it surprise anybody that the Detroit Lions are the Detroit Lions and did that to, to Megatron? Should it surprise anybody? I mean, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Doesn't surprise me. So, but yeah, man, we gonna get up out of here. That's uh, it for this week, man. We will join y'all next week. Uh, it'll be what June? No, actually, it'll be March thirty first next Wednesday. March thirty first. Uh, a day before the NBA Finals. So we will be back with y'all next Wednesday night uh, previewing the NBA Finals, which will be Cleveland versus uh, Golden State. I know Cleveland hasn't officially clinched it yet, but, I mean, we all know that's going to happen. So, um, yeah. So we will be back next Wednesday night, May 31st, to uh, preview the Finals and get into everything else sports-related. And, you know, here's hoping that Donald Trump doesn't find something to fuck up on his way back from... Uh, from the Vatican and his little his little field trip across the world. Um, so yeah, yeah, we'll holla at y'all, man. As always, thank you for supporting the show, for listening, for subscribing, everything, man. We wouldn't do what we were doing without y'all. So thank you for listening. Um, if you've listened to the show for five minutes, you've supported the show, and we we want to thank you honestly. Um, we're just two we're just two regular Joes. Talking about sports, man. So um, if you took the time to listen to the show at all, at any point, uh, thank you. And thank you to everybody who's getting uh, giving us reviews or um, has liked us on Facebook or Twitter. As always, follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Um, 
And thank you. Like I said, thank you every week. I mean, it, it definitely, definitely can't say it enough, man. Thank you. And keep supporting the show, man. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google, um, everything. We're everywhere, man. We're everywhere. Everywhere where you would listen to a podcast, we're there. So support the show and follow us on Facebook and Twitter, man. Follow us. Let us know. Let us know how we're doing. You like the show, you hate the show, whatever. Let us know. Give us feedback. We truly appreciate it, man. As always, man. Uh, Luke, got anything to say to the fans before we leave? Um, same thing you said, man. Uh, we appreciate it, man. Continue to uh, listen, follow, subscribe, uh, re- uh, review. Uh, we appreciate it. Like you just said, man. Um, just two regular dudes, man. Just talking, saying the same shit that um that you may think or you may say every day. Uh, sometimes it's a little out of the box. Sometimes it's giving uh give different point of views. Uh, Not sometimes, a lot of times. Think about so we appreciate it. Uh. If if you think something different, if you think if you agree or you disagree, let us know, man. Uh, we love to to see different aspects of of, of what people are thinking. Um, it's just a conversation, and most people are afraid of conversations. Majority of the time, when we on this show, we don't agree on things, and that, I think that's what makes me and me and Manny's uh, relationship so great. And it's always been that way since I first met him. We never really agreed on a lot of things. But we also have valid points of why we don't agree. It's not just like, uh, we don't agree because we don't agree. Like, oh, I see it from this way, and he sees it from a different way. And that's how conversations start. And it's and it's the joy of the argument. It's the joy of the, the barbershop talk or the sports talk. So we just enjoy having time to spend with each other and talk about sports and doing what we love. And we hope you guys enjoy it, too. Um, and, uh... Just continue support. We appreciate it. We love you guys. And um, stay tuned for next week. Coming at you, man. For the Cavs to take down and go to state. We're going to give our previews next week, though. Um, so for one half of the Sports Dynamic Duo, we out of here to next week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you, as always, man. Can't say it enough. Thank you. And uh, it's Memorial Day this weekend. Uh You know, uh, shout out to uh, all the fallen soldiers that we have lost. In many, many years, decades of battles and wars, man. Uh, heart goes out to y'all families, as always. Um, and enjoy y'all weekend. For those of you out there, don't party too much. Be safe. Enjoy. Have a happy, healthy Memorial Day um, to all y'all, man. And uh, prayers and uh, many blessings and prayers to the family of the victims uh, in Manchester, man. It's crazy. Crazy world we live in. Yeah. A lot of little kids uh, perishing that and that uh, senseless act. So, um, just our thoughts, prayers, blessings, everything, anything, anything that we can send, uh, we send to those folks, man. It's a tough time, and uh, like we said earlier, uh, shout out to Cortez Kennedy's family um, for real. So, we'll highlight y'all next week. We out. <laughs>